Hello everyone, I'm Dana Stewart-Bullock and this is Transformational Therapeutics. Today's podcast will be a continuation of my conversation with Rebecca about the psyche, which I see as the unconscious. We will delve deeper and talk about the physiology of the psyche slash unconscious, the feedback loops created in our bodies and our brains by our emotions and the information communicated between the two. So welcome. Hi, Dana. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Last week's episode was so rich. It's been honestly staying with me all week long. And I'm really looking forward to part two, Psyche part two. What are we going to be discussing this week? Mostly we're going to be discussing the actual, I'm going to call it physicalization of the psyche, how it manifests in our emotional being and in our bodies themselves. I'm trying to bridge the gap between the psyche, which is the unconscious in this model, how it manifests in our physiology and our physical form. So I'm going to really be focusing on the actual manifestation in physical chemical form in our bodies so that we have a better understanding of where the emotions live inside of us. Where the emotions live in a way that we can feel? Well, in a way that we understand how pervasive they actually are and how the body itself creates them and manifests them in different areas and different systems. Ooh, very cool. And, and it's really the way of connecting the mind and the body, the physical way the mind and body are really one. Mm. Because we all talk about mind-body connections, but this is how it actually manifests in the physiology in real time. Okay. And I just find it fascinating, so I thought I would share it. All right, let's hear it. Okay. Now, in the time of COVID and infections and viruses and everything, something that really hit me was that let me, let me back up. So for every emotion that we have, there's something called a peptide, which is a molecule. It's a protein molecule, a combination of amino acids. They move through the space between cells, and they move in the blood and the cerebrospinal fluid, and they travel long distances in the body. So they're not going necessarily through your veins and arteries or along your nerves. They're going in what's called extracellular space. Candace Pert, I spoke to her about her in the last episode. She was a neuroscientist. She was the woman who discovered endorphins. And she labeled these peptides informational substances. So we live in the information age. These substances are actually the physical manifestation of information in our bodies. And for me, that is a form of language. So that's how I'm trying to pull this all together. That these peptides that travel throughout our bodies carry the information. They actually are the feedback loops that I've talked about in previous episodes in concrete form in our bodies. They actually exist. She called them informational substances because she saw them as messenger molecules distributing information throughout an organism. So it's not that different from the internet. It's just within our own bodies, we have our own informational system with nodal points, which would be entry points. And there's a whole web of connections in our physiology consisting of peptides traveling in many different ways that creates feedback loops and makes our brain and body one system. I like the analogy of thinking about it like the internet within your body. So how does this come into play with emotion and psyche? 
Well, I, as I said in the last episode, I'm likening the psyche with the unconscious. So the unconscious is, in this instance, emotions, feelings that we're not aware of, we're not conscious of them, even though they are in our bodies. So peptides are amino acid chain molecules, and they carry messages to different areas of the body. And there's something called a neuropeptide, which is actually probably how I'm going to refer to it from here on out. And every peptide or neuropeptide that we have inside our system, there is a receptor for it somewhere else inside our system. Mm. So you have your own opioids in your own body. And that receptor that is there is the one that an external opioid that you would take in attaches to. The external opioid would not have an effect if the receptor wasn't already there. Mm. So you're saying we already have a, like a pattern for that yes, opioid? we have receptors for the different opioids for different all different kinds of drugs. Mm, wow. And if we didn't have the receptor, the opioid wouldn't be able to attach. It wouldn't have an impact. So does that mean we have these opioids available to us without the drugs? Yes, we have our own opioids if we can figure out how to manifest them. Interesting. One of the discoveries that Candace Pert made was that every receptor that she could find in the brain she called it a neuropeptide, every receptor she found in the brain is on the human monocyte. And the human monocyte is an immune cell. And that's why I'm referring to COVID. So every receptor in your brain is also in your immune system and on that particular cell, the monocyte, which is an immune cell. So that's a connection right there in terms of that receptor in your brain is also throughout your body in the monocyte, the white blood cell that's traveling all over. So that means the same things that exist in the brain exist in the immune system? Correct. Including the receptors for opiates. Wow. So what, is, what does that imply? Well, it implies that, first of all, the immune system is really important to the overall health of the organism because we use opioids to calm ourselves down. We have our own calming mechanisms without an opioid. That calming mechanism, we're calming our emotions down. So that's the connection to the emotional aspect of it. The emotions have a huge impact on our immune systems as evidenced by these receptors being on those white blood cells throughout our body. Mm. Also, those immune cells make their own peptides themselves. So they're making the same chemicals that our brain is making. And the chemicals that we perceive as controlling our mood in the brain is the same chemical being created by the immune system throughout our body. So there again is the web of connection from wow. our brain to our bodies. And, and that has always stuck with me. I've always thought that was fascinating. So she talked about the whole system as a psychosomatic information network. And she talked about it linking the psyche, which she defined as mind, emotion, and soul, to the physical form, which she defined as soma. The term somatic means the physical form. It's the soma is the physical form. And she defines it as the, the material world of molecules, cells, and organs. So our physical form, our physiology, is linked to our psyche, which is sort of a nebulous term, but to our unconscious, to our emotions, by these information molecules that are called peptides or neuropeptides. Which can be found all throughout the body. Throughout the body. So therefore, our emotions are all throughout the body. Correct. On a cellular level. That's the most important thing. 
So when we divide the mind from the body, where there is no division between the mind and the body. Right. And this is interesting because lately they've been talking about T cells and B cells, particularly with COVID and memory T cells and memory B cells. And that's how you maintain immunity over time. These are immune cells and they remember when a virus or a bacteria has been in the body. So they then ramp up production if they see it again. So immune cells have memory. So does the central nervous system. So does our brain. So again, our memory is throughout our bodies. Like our, our literal memories or our memories of the past? Are well, it's interesting that you ask. I'm not sure. I don't think it's literal memories, but it's the physiology of the memories that we have. The memories happen in our brains, but they also happen in our bodies. And that's evidenced by posture, by facial expressions. There is no real separation between the mental processes from the body itself. Uh, so would it be something like, let's say your parents had an argument when you were a child and it impacted you, your body remembers that feeling, that emotion, and it carries that memory. Exactly. That even if you don't remember the actual story, your body is still your holding on to that. Your body remembers that, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so, so the other part of that, because it is a feedback loop, if, for instance, you assumed a posture during a difficult time in childhood, you will associate unconsciously when you have a difficult time, you will probably assume that posture again without understanding it. So the feedback is not only that the difficulty that's in your brain manifests in your body, but the manifestation in your body will also influence your brain. Mm. So you will somehow or other be in a posture or a position that may bring up the physiology of a childhood disturbance and you won't even know it. Right. And then it will keep going. It'll keep itself going. That is actually interesting. The story, I, I may have told you the story in one of the other episodes that um, I had a patient once who'd had his large intestines removed. When you have your large intestines removed, basically you poop fluid. You don't have formed bowel movements. And it's not on a schedule. It sort of has, you know, it's mind of its own, so to speak. And so whatever pain this person was originally suffering from in his large intestine was now gone. If you look at the large intestine as I do, the seat of the unconscious in a lot of ways, whatever pain was in his unconscious being was now cut out of him. But in mammals in particular, when they're terrified, they usually have loose stool or liquid stool. So I saw him and I knew that by having, and he had no idea, that by having liquid stool repeatedly, the feedback loop was not gone. That liquid stool on some unconscious level was telling his brain, fear, fear, fear. Wow. So that was the feedback mechanism. So having your colon removed may relieve your physical pain, but emotionally it doesn't really um, address the underlying cause. Right. That, that story always blew me away. Seriously. But, but again, pain is considered an unpleasant emotional experience. That's the definition. So if you have pain in your gut, there's some unpleasant emotional experience that you haven't yet resolved or cleared out of your system. Hmm. And instead of looking at it as that, if you just want to cut it out, there are other consequences. Sure. Looking at the peptides as an informational system, like a World Wide Web inside of your own physiology, if you can imagine, you've seen pictures of the globe with all those webs around it that represent the internet. Yeah. Imagine that that's inside your body 
And that's happening all the time. So every second there's a massive exchange between your brain and your body and amongst your body and within your body. And it's happening all the time. That's what makes us alive. It was interesting because Candace Pert talked about these systems. She talked about the hormonal system, the um, neural system, the gastrointestinal system, the immune system. They all have peptides that travel around and communicate with different areas of your body all the time. She said each one of those had a specific tune to it, a specific tone, a specific vibration. <laughs> and she, a signature for each one, like for the gastric one, for the immune one, for the hormonal. And they had a, a rising and falling and a waxing and waning just in everyday life, 24 hours a day. And she said, um, and I quote, if we could hear this body music with our ears, then the sum of these sounds would be the music that we call the emotions. Because those um, peptides carry our emotions to all the different areas of our bodies. Through vibration. Yeah, everything is vibration. Mm. Yeah. That, that was her discovery. Wow. And then she also talked about, um, she called them information molecules, but information in general transcends time and space. Right. It just is. Right. And so it's beyond the limits of matter and energy. It doesn't change with time or space. It's just information. So that information that's traveling through the systems in your body, the web in your body, it just is. So it's, almost, it's like a truth. The information. The information is a truth. Is a truth. It's independent of time and space. But can it be changed? In your body it can. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And so then she also talked about how the system, our physiology, our whole system is healthy when these feedback loops are healthy and rapid and moving all the time. She likened it to any system that has feedback loops that are working. It's the same as between a peptide and a receptor as it is between... Um, a signal on a track in the trainman. The feedback has to happen continuously and quickly for efficiency to happen. So out of curiosity, when you're not healthy, are those feedback loops not fast and efficient? They're not efficient. Mm -hmm. I don't know about how fast they are, but they're not keeping you healthy. They're, that's what keeps you healthy. It's like, like um, I don't know what movie, but when you see the people working in the, in the mine, sort of, and they're working away. I remember it was in Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. the guys underground. When, when that, like if you get a cog in that and it breaks up the efficiency of it, then the system doesn't work. Our bodies are systems. They're, they're made of multiple systems. And those systems depend on each other for function, like the nervous system and the circulatory system, the immune system. I mean, and you see it now in terms of breakdown in immune systems. They're, they're not functioning to really protect us. So she also said, which I thought was really funny because I've talked about symbolic language and how important I think it is. She talked about the equator not really existing, but as a metaphor, it's very useful. The equator of the earth. Of the earth. Not existing. It's not a thing. It just is a, it's a metaphor. Mental for construct. An area. Yeah, it's a mental construct. Huh. And yet, in she says, in navigation, lives depend on it. So if you're navigating a ship in the middle of the ocean, you want to know where the equator is. But it's not really a thing. Ooh. It's an area. Yeah. So she also um, said that consider that the body itself may be a metaphor. In the same way that the equator is? Mm -hmm. All right, you might need to walk me through this one. <laughs> um, she said, it's just a way of referring to an experience that we all have in common. Ooh. 
And um, V.S. Ramachandran, who's a neurologist, phenomenal man, in a whole different way, talked about, he once talked about that he thought the human body was just a projection of? He thought of the mind. Wow. Getting a little matrix. We're getting really, yeah, weird. <laughs> Which I love. But she talked, but she said, maybe it's that we don't have consciousness, but consciousness has us. But this is how consciousness manifests. Is th how else would it? These are our vehicles. Right. So it manifests through our body. And so she really described information as the, the missing piece that allows us to transcend the mind-body split. Because information, by definition doesn't belong to the mind or the body. It touches both, but it doesn't belong to either. We, we have to accept that information itself occupies a different realm. And she would call it the info realm. So your body's an info realm the same way the internet is an info realm. If you, if you can wrap your mind around that. Sure, that, that makes sense. And the way she described it, and this was many years ago in the late 90s, these chemicals, these peptides, arise from many different sites and, and systems in the body, including the immune system, the nervous system, gastrointestinal, and that these sites have what she called nodal points on a vast superhighway of information taking place on a molecular level. So if you could just imagine the pictures that you've seen of the internet around the planet inside of you, and there are points, there are nodal points where you can enter and exit. Mm. And these molecules inside of us are traveling that sort of superhighway all the time, taking information from our brain to our bodies, from our immune system to our nervous system. It's like a, a beehive, always bringing information and exchanging it and creating feedback loops. Wow. I love that visual. It's not directed by the brain. She didn't believe it was directed by the brain. She thought that the brain was just another nodal point. So if you really expand your view and see the entire thing, the brain and the body as one system with nodal points in it and peptides running through it and connecting and communicating with each other, it sort of changes how you see your own physiology. There's, there's such a, I think in that model of disconnecting the mind from the body, it seems like the brain is end-all be-all and the body is just a body of organs and bones and mus muscles. But when you see it through that lens, that is really cool. Makes it easier to see that we are one. Exactly. And then when you see it as vibration and different vibrational frequencies, then it sort of it also expands. Just it's, it, Everything is just a vibration. So she also talked about um, emotions being cellular signals. So they would be the signals that were, are manifested by the peptides in the cells that are um, what she said was translating information into physical reality. So for instance, now when we talk about COVID and we talk about the different aspects of the virus itself, and if we look at it as information that's getting transmitted from the virus into the cells, that's basically what's happening. Mm -hmm. And then it sort of takes over the DNA or the RNA of the cell or whatever, it's, uh, it's an information exchange. It's language. Mm -hmm. And she then said that emotions are the nexus, the, the central point between matter and mind, going back and forth between the two. That makes sense, especially when you look at everything that you've been saying, that our emotions are in our entire bodies. 
So the other thing that's really interesting in this time of COVID, that viruses use the same receptors as the neuropeptides to get into a cell. Really? Yeah. And sort of depending on how much of the natural peptide for a particular receptor is around and available to bind, the virus will have an easier or harder time attaching to that receptor. If the receptor is already occupied by our own neuropeptide, then the virus can't get in. So if we are healthier, yes, then the virus will have a harder time, time getting in. Getting it, exactly. What about with emotions? What if, does, do emotions affect that? It has something to do with, in terms of disease-related stress, is seen by her as information overload, in which the mind-body network is taxed by unprocessed emotions that have been suppressed. So if you have suppressed emotions in your body, in your gut or in your leg or wherever, it interrupts the flow of the peptides and interrupts the entire system. I mean, we all know when we're depleted, we're more likely to get sick. Sure. And so this is part of the mechanism of that. So she talks about the psychosomatic network. And so the psyche that we've talked about from the beginning and the soma and the body, that network involves those peptides, then the feedback loops that are created by them. But there is a psychological piece to it, which is an emotional piece. And so if that feedback loop is not healthy, and it becomes not healthy if the emotions aren't processed. Okay. And in processing them, the key is to express the emotion and then let it go. But if you suppress it or hold on to it, it has an impact on those receptors and on the feedback loop with the peptides and therefore it can set you up for dysfunction or disease. Because the feedback loop is... Interfered of, with, out right, of balance. Out of right, balance. Exactly. That's a very, really cool way to understand the science behind this. That's why when I, when I talk about the work I've done with people with my hands on them, on their tissues, when they can express an emotion, I can feel the change in the tissues and you can actually feel the tissue become more healthy, becomes less bogged down, it becomes less hard, there's a flow in it. That's just the manifestation she has backed up with science, what I've seen over 40 years of working. That image of you working has completely changed in my mind now. After what we've talked about, I'm seeing your hands on someone's body and underneath like a worldwide web and all those peptides and feedback loops moving different and maybe the frequency changing and information changing until the tissues change and it, it's like a magic show in my head. And, and then it. for me, I mean, and that's how I've always seen when I've been treating, that's what I've seen underneath my hands. But then for me, when we talk about consciousness, if you bring up the right feeling that's associated with the restriction that I'm working on, you then become aware of it, it changes the tissue. If you don't bring it up or bring up something else and the tissue doesn't change, then I know that's not the right emotion connected with that tissue dysfunction or restriction. Could that be a, like you're, the person is not tuning to the right frequency of what's going on in that tissue? It's almost like you're searching well, for a Well, it's because radio it station. is so unconscious. Yeah, it's like a radio station. Because you're so unconscious, it's not the right frequency, but you but you do have to land on the frequency that is manifesting in those tissues under my hand. Right. And and that's that's where the word conscious comes in, because if you if you come up with something that it isn't, then the tissue won't change. But if you become conscious of whatever is repressed 
and manifesting in those tissues, then it, it goes away. Huh. It releases. That's the whole point of a release. You know, we talk about myofascial release. That's the whole point. The emotions that are tied up in the tissues. Are you saying that you don't necessarily have to know the, the story of what's hidden there? You just need to be present and conscious of that part of the Well, body. what I'm actually, what I've, what I've experienced professionally in my work is that the story comes out. Hmm. It is the actual story and that's what changes. And then with it comes an expression of the emotion that was repressed. Like someone might start crying because they re have a memory that is in those tissues and then I will feel the tissues release. That emotion for that time, for that incident is released. Right. So they're not holding on to it anymore. Right. So there are many people that I've listened to who talk about there's no need to feel the original emotion. I'm not so sure I agree. Right. I wouldn't either. Not with this information. Right. It also really puts a strong foundation, visual and understanding and new language behind everything you've shared on this podcast so far. Because in my in my mind, I was just thinking, well, mm, how can we use this? How can we get to that tissue? And then I thought of all the other episodes that you've shared of all the different how to's of how you can get curious and start discovering the language of that and asking questions and seeing what comes up. And it's and oftentimes one ends up doing because it can be so unconscious that's when symbolic language can come in mm -hmm. because i could say to somebody i'm working on your arm and it feels really stiff what might be in there not a clue and so i can ask symbolically what does the arm represent what does that area of your arm represent and sometimes in those questions the answer will come up to the person yeah the area, sometimes I'm working on a, a back and it's right behind the heart. And I'll say, okay, you know, who hurt you in your heart or whatever. And that will bring up a memory that was not otherwise accessible to the person. But it is in the tissues. When I say the body never lies, the body never lies. Right. It just never does. Right. Could that also describe the visual work that I, I know is quite common to do if some if you, you have a headache, you can describe, okay, well, what shape is the headache? What's the color? What's the sound? Could you touch it? Is that also... Well, that's symbolic language symbolic. that will lead you in right. to perhaps a deeper understanding of your headache. Mm -hmm. You know, in particular with headaches, they're about pressure, too much pressure, and you, know, you can use all kinds of metaphors. Hmm. That's the, for me, the language connection in terms of symbolic language and just regular language. Because again, the body's talking to you through its language, which could be the language of restriction or repression or tightness or pain. I love this. This is so exciting to learn. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I'm Rebecca. excited it's my pleasure. to let this sink in. I'm going to start seeing people as just glowing internet bobs. And, and you'll see around. restrictions. I mean, if you can really see. Ooh. You may see, you can posturally, you can watch someone walk down the street and, and say, oh, left hip or right shoulder or mm, interesting. Mm. I mean, it's it's sort of a game. It is. It is. It's changed <laughs> my vision of everything. It's going to be that's, fun. <laughs> then again, that's what I talk about when I talk about perception. I mean, changing your perception changes your outcome. Sure. So you perceive the body differently, you'll get different outcomes. Absolutely. And get new information. Tying back to all of the episodes. What a fantastic episode. Thank you so much, Dana. Thank you, Rebecca. If you enjoyed this episode, take a moment to share it and share it with a friend, send a text, send an email, send the link. 
And also just as a, as a reminder, if you haven't rated or reviewed this show yet, we would love and appreciate that so much. It helps grow the show and keep us going. I hope you all have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you again soon.